0: You know, we all need a little more courage, don't we? We need some courage to do what is hard, sometimes to do what is right, what is good. We need courage to raise godly kids. We need courage to make the hard calls and not cut the corners. We need courage to stand out in a culture that is hostile towards A lot of Christian ideas. We all need more courage. Today I want to talk to you about how we can have more of God's courage in our lives. And we've been in this series over the last few weeks called Cinderella Stories. We've been talking about the underdogs of the Bible. The people that everybody counted out. The ones that everybody had kind of overlooked or forgotten about. We talked about Ezra last week. Ezra was the priest that led a great revival amongst the people of God because they they had turned their hearts to the Canaanite gods and had begun to intermarry with all of the Canaanite people. We talked about Elisha, how he took on 850 false prophets on Mount Carmel by himself. He was outnumbered. We talked about the spies in Canaan in Numbers 13, about how they went and said, we cannot take the land that God has promised us because we're too small. We talked about the widow's son that was dead, but Jesus raised him. Today we're talking about one of the most loved and the most cherished stories in the Old Testament. is Daniel and the lion's den. I want you to open your Bible to the sixth chapter of the book of Daniel. And it might be a familiar passage to some of us today. But God wants to say some things to us this morning about how we can be more courageous. I believe one of the reasons that we have a lack of courage in our culture and we have a a hypersensitivity to conformity is because we're listening to the wrong voices about how true courage is really derived. In fact, I did a Google search this week just out of my own curiosity to hear what others might say would increase the courage of another person's life. And here's some of the feedback I got from Google. This is from WikiHow. Their suggestion was to gain more confidence, you should fake it until you make it. All right? Like, Like, if you could just put that fake smile on your face just a little longer, if you can just really act like you know what you're doing, It'll all start to work out for you. Somebody else said to be more courageous, you should carry a special souvenir, memento, coin, photo, piece of clothing or jewelry like granddad's old watch or anything else that has a special meaning for you. You should carry it around and it will give you good juju juice and it will help you to feel more confident in that crisis decision that you're trying to figure out, do I do this or that? Somebody else said, trust your gut. Uh, another person said uh, that we ought to use positive self-talk. And all those things are nice, and there may be a little bit of encouragement in some regards. But, but I want us to see today that encouragement and courage comes from God. Courage comes from the Lord, not not from granddad's old watch, not from putting a fake smile on our face, not from telling ourselves things that are really not that true, but courage comes from God. God wants you to be a courageous woman. God wants you to be a courageous man. God wants you to be a courageous person, and courage comes from God. How was Daniel so courageous? It came from God. I want you to see today four eyes of developing courage in your life. And all of us at times are underdogs, and we need the courage of God to face it head on. Now Daniel, just to set the stage, Daniel is an Israelite. He's a Jewish boy. He was taken from his homeland in Jerusalem when King Nebuchadnezzar decimated the city of Jerusalem. 597 BC, he took the best and the brightest of all the Jews back to Babylon. And in Daniel chapter 1, Daniel and his friends are teenagers and they refused to eat of the king's food and wine. Um, they, they, they were gluten-free, okay? Um, they, they ate vegetables and drank water. They were vegan. And um, the king noticed a significant difference In the lives of these boys. And so we see that Daniel, as a teenager, man, has integrity. Listen, young people, don't believe that you have to to be old to be courageous. You you can be young and be courageous. And this is going to set the course of Daniel's life. Because Daniel is a man of God, and and it starts early for him. I mean, he's got some major courage as a a teenager. But now in Daniel chapter 6... Many commentators believe Daniel's between 80 and 90 years old. He's an old man, and a lot of people would be thinking about retirement, but not Daniel. The hand of God is on Daniel's life. He is an extremely capable and gifted man, and he's so gifted, the king is going to put him in charge of the entire kingdom, but there's some people that get jealous of Daniel, and they want to undermine him. And they try to find fault with him. So let's look and see how this story unfolds. Number one, I can increase my courage through individuality. That is being who God made me to be. Now, in the particular instance of Daniel, he, he is an amazing administrator and leader. Look at Daniel 6.3. Daniel distinguished himself above the administrators and satraps, because he had an extraordinary spirit. So the king planned to set him over the whole realm. And by the way, the extraordinary spirit of David was the Holy Spirit. Amen? I mean, it it was the Holy Spirit of God that was giving Daniel capabilities that were above and beyond the other administrators in the kingdom. And he has an extraordinary spirit. I mean, I can't think of a greater compliment that that, that could be given to somebody. But Daniel was extremely capable. And we're going to see in a minute where this strength comes from. But he has an extraordinary spirit. And Daniel understood the lane that God wanted him to run in. He understood who he was as a leader. He understood his contribution. He understood his skill set. And listen, if you're going to be a person of courage, you have to understand how God put you together, how God wired you, how God purposed you. You have to understand your gifts and your callings and your capabilities. And this all comes from God. And Daniel interpreted dreams. Um, he prayed with, with effectiveness and he understood visions. And if you read the earlier chapters of the book of Daniel, you just see the, cap- the, the capability and the giftings that God gives to him. And Daniel understands the lane that he is to run in. Listen, if you're a business leader, God's given you a capability. God's given you some strengths and some, some insights and some abilities to, to do what you do. Um, I, I'm, I'm amazed. I've, I've, I've been a pastor for a long time. And I'm I never cease to be amazed at how different pastors are. I mean, my pastor friends, even my closest friends in the ministry are very different in many regards, like the way they lead their churches, their, 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 their giftings, their, their preaching style, their leadership style. It's different. We do the same type of role, but it's expressed very differently. Listen, if for you to be effectiveness, for you to be courageous, you have to understand how God has wired you and what God has called you to do. And Daniel had great clarity on this. He, he was an overachiever, and he had this extraordinary spirit that it gave him uh, incredible capabilities. He's the real deal. Daniel, is, is, is as you read this story, is not concerned with what everybody else thinks. Daniel is doing his own thing and what God has put in his heart to do. And if you want to be a courageous person, you have to worry less about what others think and more about what God says. Amen. Being bold starts with understanding how God made you. So there's individuality. There's also integrity. I mean, Daniel has amazing integrity. He, he's doing what is right, no matter what the cost is. Now now look um, with me in, in, in verses four, 4 and 5 of, of chapter 6. The administrators and the satraps, therefore, kept trying to find a charge against Daniel regarding the kingdom, but they could find no charge of corruption uh, for he was trustworthy and with no negligence or corruption was found in him. And then the men said, we will never find any charge against Daniel unless we find something against him concerning the law of his God. I mean, Daniel was such a, he was so buttoned down. He, he had such integrity in his life that, that his enemies were trying to find fault with him and they couldn't find it. You know, they were following him around. They were seeing if he had, like, girlfriends on the side. You know, was he taking bribes? Was he undermining the authority of the king? Daniel is squeaky clean. I mean, they're like, we can't find anything wrong with this guy. Oh, but there's this one thing. Oh, he worships his God. And three times a day, Daniel made it the practice of his life to go to his his, his condo where he lived, to open his windows towards the city of Jerusalem and to pray. And they're like, we've got him. Listen, when people cannot find fault with you, you know what they will do? They will make stuff up. So they make up this whole story about Daniel, about how he worships his God, like, if the worst thing that somebody can say about you is that she prays three times a day. I mean, you know, God help us, you know? Like, it's pretty amazing. Daniel has so much integrity. Listen, when you have integrity in your life, you will have courage, right? Because you know you're doing the right things. And we see so many Bible characters that, that had moral meltdowns. Um, none of us are perfect. Daniel was not perfect but he did have integrity, amen. He did have character. There's other Bible characters like like Moses got angry and Noah got drunk and David had an affair and and we could go all through the list. Elijah got depressed because he was afraid of the threats of Queen Jezebel and so he went into a deep depression. And and, and a lot of Bible characters we 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 see their faults, but I, but I believe one of the reasons that God has put Daniel into the scripture is is to hold up the standard of integrity and, and to remind us that that when we walk with God we can be courageous and bold because we know we're doing the right things listen if you don't have to look over your shoulder every time you make a decision you know when you when you realize hey i've just done what is right i've done what god has asked me to do there there is a holy spirit Spirit of boldness and courage that that will come on your life be, in a confidence that you'll have that that others will not share if, if they don't live a life of integrity. And Daniel's integrity started young, as I mentioned in chapter one, when he refused to eat of the king's table. Now Daniel had a lot of reasons to be bitter. By the way, I mean Daniel had this heart for God that's that's awesome. But he, he was taken from his homeland, Okay, so he was forced to live in another culture and environment that he didn't want to be in. And we see that his love for Jerusalem and the fact that he opens the windows and he prays towards the city of Jerusalem every single day. Three times a day, by the way. And uh, many commentators believe that Daniel was probably a eunuch because he worked in the courts of the king. And Daniel didn't have any family he didn't have any children. He didn't have a, a wife. I mean, there's a lot of things that Daniel could have been angry about, frustrated about. But none of that tainted his passion and his love for God. And, and so <laughs> there's times that we go through hardships and difficulties. That, that's, that's true. But, but, but we can't let that become the focus of our life. Because God has something that's too great for us. They're going to enact a law that forbids prayer or the worship of any other deity other than the king for 30 days. And Daniel's integrity is such that he just keeps doing what he has always been doing. I love this about Daniel. In fact, it just says in the scripture that the next day... Um, he just kept doing what he was doing. I mean, like he he always prayed three times a day. Daniel didn't say, you know what? There's a new law. I'm gonna now close. I'm gonna now close the windows, and I'm gonna c- crawl under the covers and pray. You know, it's public. The law goes into uh, into effect, and what does Daniel do? First thing he does, he goes. He opens the windows up, and he prays, and he does what he had always done. <laughs> Daniel didn't say, you know, I'm going to take a 30-day hiatus from prayer because there's a new law, okay? Daniel knew where his strength came from. His boldness, his courage, his capabilities came from God. How could he stop talking to God? How could he stop praying? He couldn't do it. The integrity of his life, he's like, well, they put that silly law into you know, into effect. I, I guess, I, I mean, I wish they wouldn't have done that, but that's not going to change what I do. I'm going to keep doing what I always do. And this is a form of civil disobedience where um, Daniel is told to not pray and he prays anyway. Listen, we serve a great God. We serve a creator God. And what God says should always be more important to us than what the government says, amen? amen. I mean, what, what God's word says, we, we serve, a, we have a higher calling. We have a higher accountability. Amen? amen. It was like, you know, not too long ago, the, 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 the health department or the governor, I can't remember, one of them came up with a ruling and they said, you can have church, but but no one in the congregation can sing, you know? And um, you know, I thought, well, that's that's kind of odd, you know. Like, <laughs> I mean, like we're gonna have song, you know. We wore our masks for a long time. We spread the chairs out, all that stuff. That's fine. We took precautions, but we're not gonna let we're not gonna let the government dictate how we worship God. Like, I mean. We, we have always sang songs. So I just told the sound team, I said, can you guys turn the amplifiers up a little louder the next Sunday? Right? Um, the people of God are not going to stop gathering. We're not going to stop teaching scripture. We're not going to change the tenets of the Christian faith. We're going to just keep doing what we have always done. We have a higher accountability. This is the heart of Daniel. Well, several years ago, a book was put out by a guy, James Patterson and Peter Kim, and they, they offered a book, uh, authored a book called The Day America Told the Truth, and they did a survey, and they asked people all over America what they would be willing to do for $10 million. And the results were astounding. 25% of those surveyed said they would abandon their entire family if they had $10 million dollars. said they would abandon their church if they were given $10 million. 23% said they would become prostitutes for a week or more. 16% would give up their American citizenship. 16% said they would leave their spouse. 10% said they would withhold a testimony and let a murderer go free. $10 million. 7% 7% said they would kill a stranger. And 3% said they would even put their kids up for adoption. The money's right. Some of you just thought, I may pray about that one. Having integrity is hard. Integrity is doing what is right, no matter what the cost is. No matter what the challenge Is it's integrity is doing what's right when nobody's looking. It's doing it's doing what honors God when when it seems small. It's doing the little things, and we have to treat our um, our adversaries with respect as part of integrity. I mean, one of the cool things about Daniel is he's always respectful to the king. He's always gracious and kind. Even the morning after David is put into the lion's den and he's spared, he's gracious to the king, and the king is the one that enacted the law that put him into the lion's den. Now, one of the traditions of the Medo Persian Empire was once a king put a law into order, um, it could not be revoked. And um, you know, you want to talk about some dumb people in the Bible, read about the kings. The kings were some of the stupidest people in the Bible, just dumb. And so the critics of Daniel come to the king and they're like, king, you're so awesome. We, we want to put this law in order that that, that that elevates you. And it says that nobody can worship any other deity but you for 30 days. And the king's like, I'm pretty amazing. I, that's what a great idea, you know, and he signs it and it can't be revoked. Now, the reason it couldn't be revoked is because they believe that it showed weakness if you put a law if you enacted a law and then you undid it. So, so the king can't undo the law. He can't go back on it. And even though he loves Daniel and recognizes Daniel's the guy that's going to be number two in the kingdom, I can't stop it. And, 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 but this doesn't change the integrity of Daniel. Da- Daniel treats his adversaries with respect. Even the people that schemed against him, he has no harsh words for them. Um, We can also uh, increase our integrity by building our moral compass around Jesus. Around Jesus. I mean, Jesus is our moral compass. It's not the culture. It's not our neighbors. It's not our friends. It's not even our family. It is Jesus. We build our moral compass around the life, the ministry, Jesus, and his word. And this helps us to stay consistent in the small little things. Um, and and I, just, I just love how Daniel um, goes right back to the place of prayer and does what he has always done, even though the King's law is trying to prohibit his spiritual commitment. So there's integrity in doing the right thing when, when no matter what the cost is. There's intercession which is bringing every concern to God in prayer. Look at this in verse 8. Therefore, your majesty established the edict and signed the document. So as a law of the Medes and the Persians, it is irrevocable and cannot be changed. So King Darius signed the written edict. And when Daniel learned that the document had been signed, he went to his house. Look at this right here. The windows in its upstairs room opened them towards Jerusalem. And he prayed three times a day. He got down on his knees and he gave thanks to God. It's the first thing Daniel did. He got the bad news that the law had been uh, been enacted. And then he's like, I'm going to go home and pray. I mean, love this. I love this. Just as he had done before, verse 10 says. And now look at verse 11. Then these men went. As a group and found Daniel petitioning and imploring his God. Daniel's praying, God protect me, God watch over me. Please spare me, Lord. And so the men went as a group and found Daniel petitioning, imploring his God. And so they approached the king and asked about this edict. Didn't you sign an edict that for thirty days any person who petitions any God or man except you, the king will be thrown into the lions den they're like we got him we tricked him daniel took the bait daniel was so dumb that when he got the news of the new law he went back and he prayed anyway you know what is wrong with daniel but what they didn't understand is the power of prayer and listen if you're going to be a person of courage you have to be a person of intercession daniel realized he needed god he needed he could not he could not get by this situation if he didn't have the power of God intervening in his life. Listen, if you're under pressure today, you need you need prayer, you need God more maybe than you've ever needed him before. Daniel's like, I'm not going to cut off the head that brought me here. I'm going to go get with God. I he it says he 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 prayed with thanksgiving. I mean, you know, David wasn't feeling sorry for himself and then he petitioned and he implored God. There's passion there, there's there's supplication that's there. Daniel was addicted to prayer. <laughs> I mean, Daniel realized, listen, the whole reason that I'm in the, the leadership position that I'm in was all from God. And there's a correlation between Daniel's prayer life and his rise in leadership. Listen, if you want to be a person that rises in authority, and if you want the hand of God To bless and to lead your life, you have to be a person of intercession. You have to talk to God. That's where the power comes from. That's where the strength comes from. That's where your dynamics come from. They all come from God, and we got to do it. we got to reach Him through prayer. Now, our instinct many times when we get the bad news or we get pressure is to panic, to activate, that is trying to fix it, to crawl into the fetal position and to quit, to get angry, to call a friend. But God wants us to pray. And prayer should be our first response. Daniel's prayerfulness prayerfulness was his secret power, man. And three times a day, he's calling on the name of the Lord. Now, it's interesting. The Bible doesn't say that we have to pray three times a day. Um, Thessalonians says we ought to pray without ceasing. We ought to pray all the time. Right, But there's nothing in the Bible that says you have to pray three times a day. You have to pray in the morning, at lunchtime, and in the evening. You know, The Bible just says that we should pray and we should pray often. But this was Daniel's conviction. Do you see it? And sometimes God will put things in your heart that he wants you to do. He may convict some other people a little bit differently. But he may convict you that you ought to pray like this or you ought to pray at this time. Or you ought to pray in this manner. Or you ought to pray about this thing. And Daniel has a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit and to God, which allows him to develop this practice of morning, afternoon, and evening in prayer. Now, Daniel was busy. I mean, he's leading the kingdom. I mean, sometimes we think, well, I'm so busy, I can't pray. I can't talk to God. Listen, you're not busier than Daniel was. Okay, Daniel had a lot going on. But he reserved that time for God because he knew that with God all things are possible. And he needed to talk to God in prayer. He needed that intercession. He opens his windows towards Jerusalem, his homeland. It was a place where the temple was being reconstructed during this time. And Daniel knew that he couldn't go to the temple, but he wanted to turn his attention to it because he wanted to pray looking at that holy city of Jerusalem. And he gave thanks to God. So I can increase my courage through individuality. Number one, just understanding how God made me, how God wired me. Um, Integrity, doing what's right, no matter what the cost is. Intercession, bringing every concern to God in prayer. And listen, if we'll do the first three things, God will give us the fourth thing, which is influence. And influence is using the platform that God has given to me for good. See, God is the one who put you authority. God's the one that put you in leadership. God is the one that gifted you and gave you the capabilities. Now he wants you to influence people for his glory and for your good. Look at this at Daniel 6:25. Now then Darius, King Darius wrote to those of every poss- uh, every people, nation, language who live in the whole earth, May your prosperity abound. I issue a decree that is in all my royal dominion. People must tremble in fear before the God of Daniel. Now, I skipped a few verses. Daniel is arrested. He's put into the lions' den. He spends the night with the lions. And the lions like Daniel. Amen? Like Daniel starts to rub their tummy, he starts to pet them. Good lions. And the next morning, the king can't sleep. He's so upset about this because he loves Daniel. Like, Daniel's my man. And he goes to the lion den and he calls out to him and Daniel's still alive. And they rescue Daniel from the lion's den. And then the king realizes those that had put this plot together against Daniel and he throws them all in the lion's den. And it doesn't go so well for them, if you know what I'm saying. But the result of that is Daniel's God gets highlighted, okay? The king says, listen, if Daniel's God can protect him in the lion's den, then everybody should worship him. And what started out as a way to squash the faith of of Daniel enhances the faith of Daniel, (laughs) and it actually leads more people to believe in the true and living God. It's amazing, isn't it? Influence. If you have character and if you have integrity, you will stand out and you will have influence. Now, you may look around and go, Pastor, look, I don't have that much influence. I'm just trying to do my job. I'm just trying to kind of, you know, get through life, pay my bills. I'm not worried about influence in the world. Nobody's, nobody's looking to me. But listen, you may have more influence than you think you do. You probably do. Don't discount yourself. It's not about being a celebrity. You don't have to have 50,000 followers on Instagram. Sometimes it's just about using the little circle that God has put around you to point people to him. And, you know, bringing people to Easter services or events here at the church are a great way to influence people, aren't they? Isn't that great? See, when you live a life of integrity, people, like, look at you and then they go, man, she's different. They may not know why, but they look at your life and they go, the way that they act and the way that they conduct themselves and their business and the way they talk, and they're different. Something's different about those people. And then that's where God gives us influence to point to the great God that we serve because all that we have came from him in the first place. And we give him glory and we give him honor for that. So listen, don't ever think that you don't have some influence. You have more influence than you think you do. You don't have to be ruling over the kingdom to be influential. God wants you to start where you are. I I was first acquainted with the power of influence when I was a senior in high school. I just started walking with God a few months, and um, our church was having youth camp, and I invited one of my basketball teammates to go to youth camp with me. My good friend, Danny Prescott, we were the guards on the basketball team. And um, I I, kind of wanted to win the basketball championship at youth camp. So I I have to be honest, I had other motives, but there were some spiritual motives in there too. But anyway, my friend Danny was a good guy. He went to church. He was a moral guy, a nice guy, but he had never given his life to Christ before. And guess what happened at youth camp? The last night, he committed his heart to the Lord, and it changed the whole direction of his life. He married a Christian girl years later. He um, goes to church every single Sunday. He's active in his church. He became a coach at a Christian university. And I talked to him a few years ago at our basketball reunion, and he was telling me all the great things that God had done in his life. And, guys, it all started with a little bit of influence and an invitation. and It changed the whole direction of his life. It's beautiful. You don't have to be old. You don't have to be seasoned. You don't have to be wealthy. You don't have to be powerful. You don't have to be famous. God just wants us to be faithful. And when we act with integrity and we live a life of intercession, God will allow us to use the influence that we have to point people to the greatest news of all, that's that Jesus died and that he rose again. Would you pray with me for just a minute?